Grace and mercy and peace belong to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God before us this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. It's the opening verses of our Gospel reading, and they read as follows. Jesus' disciple John, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him. For no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly, I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. And this is the word of the Lord. The motion picture, Ben-Hur, is on many lists as being one of the 100 greatest films of all time. It won 11 Academy Awards, including Oscars for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor. It's also one of the top-grossing films ever made. Its soundtrack made such an impact that it influenced the soundtracks of, of other films for years following. And its most famous scene, the chariot race, is still the stuff of legend. Martin Scorsese, the director, has said that the chariot race scene in Ben-Hur is one of the most beautifully crafted action scenes in the history of cinema. There's another scene, however, that others have pointed to as the most powerful to understand the scene, here, here's a brief synopsis. Ben-Hur is a, is a fictional story about a man by the name of Judah Ben-Hur. And Judah Ben-Hur is a prominent, well-respected citizen living in Jerusalem in the early part of the first century A.D., a, an old-time, long-time friend betrays him for political purposes, and suddenly Ben-Hur finds himself facing a life of slavery and hard labor under Roman rule. Not long after his sentence, he, he finds himself lashed together with a bunch of other slaves as they're treading through to reach whatever fate awaits them of hard labor. And as they're marching through the northern part of the land, through Galilee, they stop at a small town for everybody to have a short rest. All the other slaves receive water. 
The Roman slave drivers, however, are under orders not to give Ben-Hur anything. His thirst is now to the point of desperation, and he finally collapses in thirst and, and agony and despair. God, help me, he quietly says. And then we see someone step forward. We can only see his back. We cannot see his face, but we think we know who it is. This figure kneels down and gives Ben-Hur a long, cool, desperately needed drink of water. Ben-Hur is absolutely overwhelmed in gratitude. And finally, when he's had his fill, he finally looks up to see the man who has given him this desperately needed drink. And there, for the first time, Judah Ben-Hur looks into the face of Jesus. This scene illustrates a great scriptural truth. There are times when a little thing, like giving someone a drink of water, there are times when a little thing is not a little thing at all. All of which brings us to the Word of God before us this morning in Mark chapter 8. Here's the background. Jesus, by this time, is, is starting to round out and, 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 and conclude his Galilean ministry of, of serving many people up north in, in the Galilean territory of the, of the country. And he's getting ready to go south to Jerusalem to go there for the last time. Before he does, he wants to spend some concentrated, focused number of days talking privately with his disciples. At present, he and his disciples are visiting in a, in a, in a specific house located in Capernaum. Capernaum is a, is a fishing town along the coast of the Sea of Galilee. Before they got to the house, Jesus' disciples had been arguing amongst themselves as to who is the greatest of all the disciples? Well, Jesus has just given them a giant reality check regarding their whole worldly concept of worldly greatness. And he tells them in no uncertain terms that when it comes to Christian discipleship, Christian discipleship, it's all about serving others. It's about thinking of myself less and thinking of others more. Perhaps it's what Jesus has just said about this that, that makes one of his disciples, John, it, it makes John's wheels begin to turn a little bit in his head. He recalls something he and the other disciples did sometime earlier. And John says, teacher, 
we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. Now, every indication is that this man trusted in Jesus as his Savior, and the Lord had granted him the privilege of casting out demons in, in Jesus' name. John and the other disciples, however, presumed, they presumed that because they did not know this particular man personally, that somehow they possessed the right to go up to this man and tell him to stop. Well, Jesus corrects their presumptions right away. Do not stop him, Jesus says, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. And then, in the kind of real-world, down-to-earth way that Jesus can often use, Jesus makes a breathtaking statement. Truly, I say to you, he says, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, will by no means lose his reward. In other words, precious to the Lord Jesus, not only are the so-called dramatic fruits of faith, like the privilege of, of driving out demons in Jesus' name, just as precious are the so-called little fruits of faith. Because in Jesus' sight, those little fruits of faith are not little at all. Towards the end of Ben-Hur, there's another scene. Ben-Hur has received his freedom some years later. Family members have taught him about the message and the ministry of Jesus. As he returns to Jerusalem, however, there is a, a, a horror that awaits him there. He arrives to see Jesus carrying his cross to Golgotha. Jesus falls under the weight of the cross. Clearly, he's exhausted. Right away, Ben-Hur sees this. He, he, he runs to a well. He, he grabs a cup and he fills it with water and he struggles to, to get to Jesus. Maybe I can just give him a drink as he had done for me so many years ago. Before he can... Roman soldiers knock the cup of water out of his hands, push him away. The procession marches by. And there stands Judah Ben-Hur alone. On our behalf, brothers and sisters, Jesus 
experienced thirst. On our behalf, Jesus experienced deprivation. On our behalf, Jesus experienced the terror and the pain and the abandonment and the loneliness and death that you and I deserve for all the ways that you and I have looked the other way when it comes to God's will for our lives. All the ways I have put myself first and put others second or third or dead last. But because he has, and because he has now risen from death, you and I now stand washed clean through faith in him. And because we are, not only is life fresh and clean and new through faith in Jesus, now our every faith our every fruit of faith matters. Now our every expression of thanks to him is precious. Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. Who in your life, who in your life needs the equivalent of a simple cup of water from you this coming week. That need from that person, that need might be, come, might be coming from any number of things. Perhaps that need is from a, from a heartache in their family. Maybe the need is, is from a recent death. Maybe the, the, the need is, is, is from the issue of, of chronic health trouble that, that's just getting worse. Maybe the need is from regrets haunting from their past. Maybe the need is, has to do with struggling. They're struggling with an old pet sin. Maybe it's concerned about the future. Or maybe their need comes from loneliness, plain and simple. Whatever it is, perhaps you are the one. Perhaps you are the one in a position to supply them the cup of water they need. Perhaps you are the one to supply the moment, the kind word, the listening ear. Whatever it is, you are doing it for your Savior. You are doing it to thank Him for what He has done for you. And as you do, he sees you. It brings him joy. 
and he will not forget. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.